This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. It's a bit of a weird day for the Rams Talk crew because we've just filmed our Christmas special, which is why we're a little bit late on the live, sorry. Um, but we're here today after a, a bit of a soccer punch uh, against Wickham. Um, we were really, really strong. Uh, I'd say going into the last 10 minutes, we'd scored good position and then all of a sudden we do a derby and we throw it away in the dying seconds but all's not lost we'll be all right uh joining me today i've got callum bucock how are you pal i'm good mate i am sweltering (laughs) 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 myself and well all of us all have our christmas attire on from the uh, christmas special so if you are watching and very confused while we're dressed like idiots uh that is why uh we've also got chris matthews redwood how are you pal I'm good, mate. I know I look, I know I look stupid, but I feel surprisingly comfy. I think, I think <laughs> I might make, I think I might wear this more often. <laughs> I like it. And last but certainly not least, Vic Singh, how are you, pal? All good, mate. All good. Hope you're all well. Very, very good. Very, very good. So we've got a couple of comments already. I'll get to those um, when I get Callum talking because one of the things I wanted to talk about was. Um, our yellow cards in the first half it's where we have to start isn't it um now it's weird because i don't think the ref had a fantastic game yesterday but i thought all five yellow cards were completely justified i think conor hurahan got away with it a little bit i think he possibly should have been sent off um why did we pick up so many yellows so early on callum I don't know. Um, I mean, it's not something that we're used to seeing. Um, we're quite disciplined normally, um, under Paul Warren especially. Um, he's always talking about game management and not to do uh, silly things early on. Um, the only player who's really been um, a, a culprit for that has been maybe Louis Sibley just because of his uh, tackling um, and stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, I looked at it after time I messaged all you guys and just went, why have we got five yellows <laughs> in the first half? Um, and it's it's scattered across the team. Um, it just puts you straight under pressure um, because it just means that you cannot make a mistake. It probably forces a hand on Paul Warren to make changes or at least put it in his mind to make changes um, that maybe he didn't want to make in the first place. So it just kind of threw every uh, the whole thing off. Um, and the way Wickham were playing the game, it didn't benefit us at all. Well, we'll get on to that. We'll definitely get on to that. But Chris, I mean, in the first half, all three central midfielders were booked. 
Now, when you're playing against a team like Wickham, you know, they're, they're a strong team. They've got some big lads. They were built like a rugby team, pretty much. They've got big lads and you can't touch them. It puts you in all sorts of trouble, doesn't it? It does. And I think, look, the first 20, 25 minutes, we played right in, into Wickham's hands. That's exactly what they wanted. Um, and unfortunately, we just fell for it. Um, I think... It, you know, Callum said it's un, it's it's unusual for us to be that. I wouldn't say even say aggressive, but petulant. Um, and I say there, you have to, you have to say to Wickham, they executed their game plan perfectly, and as a team and management, we fell straight in in to their trap. Um, and Wickham got exactly what they wanted out of it, which was an which was an ugly point. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm I'm going to be honest, I'm finding it difficult to talk serious football after the last hour we've just had. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. <laughs> You'll all hear that. You'll all hear that in a couple of days. It was very fun. It was very fun. And Vic, I mean, we don't want to talk about the ref too much, so we'll, we'll pretty much get it out of the way straight away. Um, I, I thought the biggest problem was the referee let a lot of Wickham stuff go. I remember a challenge on James Collins where someone came straight through the back of him. They'd committed. They'd gone to ground. Um, ref gave advantage and for some unknown reason didn't go back and book the player and then when they were celebrating getting Max Bird booked that was annoying and then Lyle Taylor you know the referee tells him to go off at the closest exit of the pitch and he's he just goes no and just walks off all the way to the other side with the referee closely behind they lost control of the game didn't they they completely lost control of the game and, and made it really difficult and it's not an excuse but it did make it difficult with the stop start nature of the game for Derby to really build yeah I completely agree lost control of it it's just I think for all the Derby fans that are inside the stadium it was just about the consistency of the refereeing performance I think had she been brandishing the yellow cards out to them in, in similar fashion then we probably would have said that overall she had a good refereeing display like we can't dispute any of the derby decisions that she made I thought pretty much all of them were spot on but for me the consistency wasn't there and it's a bit worrying considering that she's moving up to the Premier League next week I believe and if if that's the sort of standard that we're promoting and she's had such a if she's losing control in a league one game could you imagine what's gonna happen in the Premier League game so mm. yeah it's I mean again we weren't allowed to play our game like Chris said Wickham ex- executed that game plan to a T got into our faces ruffled our feathers and we just didn't really we weren't at the races yesterday and I think you could tell from the throughout the 90 of it well exactly and and one of the notes that I've got written here is how we, we didn't really play safe in the first half but we just couldn't find any way to break through Wickham's back line and now they've actually been quite strong at the back which is weird when they'd lost four in a row but the defensive record isn't too bad it's going forward where they've always struggled. Um, and that was shown by the fact they had one shot on target all game and that was a penalty. So one of the things that confused me a lot was a, a lot of our attacking players seem to be overthinking and overplaying a little bit, mm. Callum. I mean, Kane yeah. Wilson possibly had his worst game in a Derby shirt. I, I think everything he tried to do just wasn't coming off. He couldn't get around any of the defenders. They had him all game. Um is it a little bit of a worry that Wickham, for the second season running, have come against Derby, who are on a good run, and found a way to get something out of them? Yeah, um, it, it's, it, you can't put it about, uh, other than that, that it is a little bit concerning. Um, I think it was just a case of, uh, you put it really well there, it, 
overthinking, too many touches um, that weren't needed. You just needed simpler play, which is fully coming from a, a poor worn team that were asking for simpler play um, against a team that was really direct and just did what they needed to do away from home. Um, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're scrapping near the lower half of uh, mid-table. They're, they're just trying to get every point they can. Coming to a team like ourselves who are, are on a, a winning streak, all they needed to do was just make it ugly, and they did exactly that. Um, and it's probably naive of us to just fall into the trap because as soon as we, uh, from the, I think it was probably about the fifteenth minute, as soon as you did uh, and watched it, you knew exactly what the rest of the game was going to be because we just went into their game. Um, and as soon as the team does that, you you, you are knackered. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and that's when you need your experienced players, isn't it? You need the likes of Curtis Nelson, James Collins to step up because they are that experienced players like Sidney, yeah. Bird, Cashin. They're still learning. They're still learning that side of the game. And Conor Hurahan especially. I mean, I still can't believe, Chris, that he went in for that tackle. It was an awful touch. And the tackle was even worse. It was, it was stood straight into the shin. VAR, he's gone. 100% he's gone. Um, mm. I thought watching it live, I thought he was going to get sent off. I think the ref changed her mind because um, she definitely went for the back pocket and then changed to the front pocket. So, Chris, how concerning is it for you? Obviously, we don't want to be doom and gloom because it's not all bad with six unbeaten. We've won five <laughs> of those. So, you know, we're OK. But we can't be doom and gloom, Jake. Just exactly. looking at you and Callum, there's no way we're doom and gloom. <laughs> <laughs> so for any audio-only listeners, me and Callum both have Santa hats on and we've all got Christmas jumpers on. So, mm. um, yeah, it's hard to be doom and gloom looking like this. Um, but does it worry you a little bit that experienced players are the ones getting wound up and committing these fouls? Um, slightly. I think, I think yesterday was sort of a, 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 an, an outlier when it comes to games that we've had recently and will have. Um, it was just one of those days where you can see they were getting frustrated. Um, and I think definitely Connor, Connor Hurahan, if that had been in, in the second half, just part of me thinks it would have been a red, I think, cause it was quite early on. That's what sort of changed her mind. Um, because I think if she if she had sent him off, um, I'd read to think how 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 many red cards there 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 would have been yesterday. Um, so yeah, it is a bit worrying that no one took no one seemed to take the game by the scruff of the neck and just turn around to everyone and say, "Calm down, we're a better footballing side than this. Let's just play football." Um, but look, I think if that performance had been a month ago there'd have been a lot more cause for concern but because of the run we've 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 been on um and going into the christmas period where we've got a lot of a lot a lot of games coming up um there are going to be teams slipping up and we still got a point out of it and we're still unbeaten whereas you look at teams around us yesterday who 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 lost so i don't think as you said it's not all doom and gloom i think the players will pick themselves up really really quickly um, and I'm just glad that Rebecca Walsh is now a, a Premier League ref because we won't have her again. <laughs> yeah, we've had plenty of dodgy refs that aren't in the Premier League, though, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll see, <laughs> we'll see more of them, which is going to be fun. Um, but Vic, one of the things I picked up on when watching was there was a moment where Sibley was on a yellow and he closed the man down close to the touchline of the East Stand. And he was nowhere near the guy, nowhere near. I was right next to it and he was nowhere near him. He stopped in front of him and the guy went down like he'd been shot. 
um, holding his shin, trying basically trying to get Sibley sent off and trying to con the lino. Now, I don't know what the lino was doing because the li- it was right in front of them, right in front of them. Could have told the ref and gone, look, he's dived. And that sort of happened all game. But what I did like was the lad just giving it the big one to Sibley, giving it the big one. And James Collins came over and backed his teammate. Now, we've seen Derby teams in the past where we've sort of rolled over in those sorts of situations. But Collins, I know I've criticised him a lot on here, but he backed Louis Sibley when it really mattered. You know, he's only a young lad. So for someone like Collins to go over, I know he got booked for it. To be honest, I don't blame him for doing what he did. He let the guy know exactly what he needed to hear because his ego was clearly massive. And, you know, you can't fault him at all, can you? It was really nice to see. And I think that's what you expect of your senior players. I think if the younger lads are obviously being bullied in, in games and such, you, you look to your senior players to sort of have your back, like your captaincy roles or the ones that are leaders on the pitch. And it was nice to see Collins have um, Sibley back because we know Sibley has a bit of a temper and Wickham would have played on that to try and get him sent off because they know it's an easy target. So it was nice to see Collins back him and put that guy in his place a little bit. But like I said, Wickham came with that game plan of probably trying to get somebody sent off, nick a goal, and then maybe walk off with three points. Like I said, it's not all doom and gloom because obviously we got a point out of it. I think it was just the manner of the penalty coming in at the 98th minute. and yeah. It was just a lapse, yeah. of, lapse of concentration at the back that sort of given Wickham that opportunity. But yeah, it's nice to see the team togetherness like Paul Warren's been on about the team bonding and the togetherness and it's really going to pull us through. And if we want to get promoted, that's what we need is team togetherness, uh, grit and resilience. So hopefully we can keep building on that going forward in the season. Hopefully the seniors can lend their, uh, lend their knowledge over to the youngers in the team as well. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Uh, and before we get onto the depression of the 98th minute, um, we can talk about Derby's goal because... Let's be honest, very little happened before that. Really, really not yep. a lot happened. <laughs> but the, the change that made a difference or the changes that made a difference, Jim Johnson said in a comment, we laboured all game, only seemed to wake up when Tom Barkazen and John Jules came on. And those two both played a massive role in the goal. Um, John Jules picking the ball up in the middle, his composure to wait for the option to come up, plays it out to Mendes Lang. Mendes Lang skips past his man, puts a shot in, keeper parries it. And who's there? Tom Barkazen to put it in the back of the net. Now, Callum, we've talked a lot about John Jules on this podcast recently. He always seems to make an impact when he comes in. Um, is he someone that need we need to play him more, don't we? Because every time he comes on, he makes a difference. And he played a massive part in changing the game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was a player that I was watching the game and just seeing it unfold. And I was like, we're, we're waiting too long to put him on um, because he won't have enough time to make an impact. Um, but... It's just I think everyone is petrified in that coaching team of putting him on and the inevitable happening and him getting injured or pulling up or doing something. Um, and I think his ability speaks no end. We know what he can do. He's shown it in the small appearances he's had um, just before um, we head into Christmas. Um, it's just that worry that something's going to happen with him physically. Um, and let's hope that doesn't happen and we secure his services for the rest of the season. That's, I think, a priority for me. Let's make sure that we extend the loan um, and uh, and move forward with him um, and just see what he can do back into the season because I think it'll be massive. Well, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. And Chris, one of the interesting things for me was after half-time, we changed. We didn't make any subs, um, bar Sibley, uh, coming off a of fauna, but they played the same position anyway. We didn't make any defensive subs, but we actually went to the back three. 
which was I thought was quite interesting uh, with Forsyth tucking in Wilson at left wing back, Ward at right wing back. And I thought it made us look very open, but it did create gaps and opportunities for the likes of John Jules. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to play three at three at the back, um, then Wickham at home, who were just sitting ten men behind the ball, is the game to is the game to do it, isn't it? I mean, they they were no attacking threat whatsoever. Their whole game plan was to come and sit for a point. So yeah, in the, in those games, I've got nothing against three. At, um, I've got nothing against three at the back. Um, we all know Paul, Paul Warren loves it. And I think if, if he had his way and he had the, the players to do it, which ironically is what he signed them all for, um, we would be would be playing three at the back a lot more often. But say I'm not I'm not averse to it. And I think against Wickham yesterday it was more than it was more than fair enough. And it was 30 seconds away from being a tactical master stroke, wasn't it? So yeah, I've got no issues with that. Yeah, well, it's interesting, Vic, because um, there's a guy called Beard Golf, so it's it's good that I'm coming to you with this one with the Beard <laughs> reference. Uh, and, and he said it was a tough watch, and he's unconvinced by the way we play. If we're slightly off the pace, we're easy to play against. Now, with what Chris has just said and, and thinking about yesterday, would you agree with that? Um, oh, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good point. I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of if we're reverting to a back three, maybe that's our plan B. Uh, so obviously we're going to start the way we've been starting the last six games, which has worked for us. But reverting back to back three would be like our plan because it, it, we've seen, I think, in the last few games, Sonny Bradley's starting to come on a lot more earlier. Um, so and that's probably the only way to shoehorn him into the side. Um, like I said, it, with in games like Wickham, um, when you know there's no attacking threat, there's no there's no harm in playing that back three because, like you said, it opens up a bit of space for our front two. It gives. It gives Collins a bit of support as well because we all we all know as much as he tries, he's not very quick, and I think teams, re- especially well, <laughs> yeah. and I think and I think teams read that and they like they always nullify him, and it's almost like he's not playing. So like if you stick a second player on top and go to a back three, it it sort of helps us create chances. Um, but the thing is, it it it's one of those games you're going to play a lot more teams like Wickham in this league. Um, and it's always a, it's always about finding a way to beat him. Hopefully, with John Jules getting fit back and ready, and a lot of the other squad, we can maybe use our pace. That's one thing we've lacked all season is that pace and that tenacity to sort of just drive forward. Um, but he's made a fair point there. Whoever the bearded, um, <laughs> was, yeah, <laughs> really good point there. He did, he did. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that we're at a, a point now where. He's got the team pretty much that he wants. He's got the majority of the players fit that he wants. Uh, and he keeps changing the formation. We've gone from a four to a three pretty much every game for the last six, seven games, which mm. is an interesting tactical tweak. It makes you think, you know, is is that really something that we're, we're aiming to do? Is that our, is, is it slowly going to creep further and further forwards and Sonny Bradley's going to be coming on in the 20th minute in a few weeks or, <laughs> or something along those lines? Um, but he clearly wants to play it, and at times it can work. I mean, we saw with the um, with the goal. We did see with the goal. And we've got mm. Dennis Vesey who said, Merry Christmas podcast team. Merry Christmas, Dennis. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, just looking at some of the other comments as well, we've got David Clarkson who's talked about the penalty, and we should probably get on to it, Callum, as that was the, the defining moment of the game, really. Um, he said that awards a penalty waiting to happen, just like he did for Peterborough in the playoff semi-final. 
uh, last year. Now, I've watched it back a few times. I've got some mates that are delusional and keep telling me it wasn't a pen. It was a pen. He tripped him over from behind. Um, it was, yeah, it was a silly decision. You'd expect a, a, you know, a senior player to make a better decision than that. But one thing I noticed was when the ball came in, and I'm not trying to throw blame at him, but Sonny Bradley dropped a second before everyone else. And actually, he was the one who played Vokes on side. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to blame him for that, but I thought it was interesting all the same. Is it weird seeing that, you know, Ward, he's not a right back, is he? He's spent his whole career as a wing back or a winger. Did he sort of show a little bit of naivety there? A little bit. It just gave me flashbacks to a certain away game last season, last minute pen. Um, and do you know what I mean? And we all know what that one was that caused a morbid depression back then. Luckily, it hasn't uh, resulted in a defeat and it means that we can just move on and put it behind us. But it is a little bit concerning that we had everything under control to a point. But for me, whenever we go back to this back three, I just feel everyone just goes on edge. It feels like they just don't quite understand fully what they're all doing um, and where they need to be because they have three overloading the back post and had Joe Ward there. And all they needed to do is just get one flick on and he was the wrong side of the defender. And if he's running back to his own goal, I mean, we've all been involved in football or been around it. You're going to probably just, as soon as they feel a bit of contacts, the guy's going down. And he did trip him up accidentally. It was an accident. He didn't mean to do it, but it resulted in uh, us losing two points. So um, I think he'll put it, he's strong enough and strong minded enough to put it behind him. Um, they've got a good group and a good mentality at the moment. And luckily, we've got only a, a three or four day turnaround to uh, put it right back at home, which is, I think, good. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Absolutely, yeah. Lincoln is a, a really, really good time to uh, yeah get ourselves. I'd say back on track. Oh no, we've only won five and six. <laughs> and we're unbeaten. It's weird uh, because I think we're, yeah. we're we're the only team playing on Thursday, aren't we? We are the only for game some, for some unknown reason. Weird um, reason, yeah. It's very strange. But Chris, I mean, I wanted to come to you about um, the actual free kick itself. Now, it was a blatant handball ball by Collins. Uh, he did really well to actually press the guy and close him down. It was just unfortunate to strike his arm. But the way we dealt with it, again, used the word naive. They took it short, paid it to the keeper. Not one Derby player came and closed him down and he had all the time in the world. You know, if anyone's going to put a good ball over the back of the defence, it's a goalkeeper that takes about 100 goal kicks a week. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly practised at that and can get it in the right place. 
again, was it a little bit of naivety from Derby to not come out and not press the keeper and instead try and sit in and bed in and, and try and grind out the last minute? Yeah, I think so. It was it was again just taking a few seconds to to breathe and actually think and actually think think about it. Um, you know, Wickham were trying to generate a bit of um a bit of panic in injury time, um, which is fair enough. It was exactly what exactly what we'd do. Um it was just a case of yeah, not using not using their heads quickly enough. Um there wasn't that one person out there just to say, Whoa, let's calm it down, let's actually think about what 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 we're doing here it was just an automatic let's get everyone back and you know no matter who our manager is no matter who plays for 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 derby county historically we are not good at defending leads so i think it just needed to think outside the box literally think outside the box um and actually get get the source closed down rather than trying to defend the outcome which we're not yeah. very good at so yeah, that's. It. I think naivety is is the word. It just and you know we've already touched on it. We needed a few. Um, we needed a few more experienced heads to actually use their heads rather than just going to panic mode. Yeah, there's there's one moment that really stood out to me. We had a minute left, and we talk about naivety, but it was one of the most senior players. And James Collins, who I thought had a really really good second half, actually was carrying the ball down the left. And he had space in front of him and he could have headed to the corner and he didn't. He came, he tried to cut inside and tried to score. And then John Jules tried to recover it and didn't quite recover it. Now, you want your experienced players to make the decisions of experienced players. And I think it was a bit of a selfish decision from Collins to try and go for a goal rather than try and hold the ball in the corner, see out the game. And Vic, is it a little bit of a frustration for you? Because I know it definitely is for me that you've got a senior player in that position and he's made completely the wrong decision and it's ended up coming back to bite us. Yeah, you mean you'd expect it to be being 1-0 up with probably like a minute or a minute and a half to go to just sort of run down the clock, put it in the corner, win a throw, win a corner, anything like that, just to make sure that that ball stays in the opposition's half. Um, so it was frustrating to see from Collins. However, I see the flip side of it as well. As a striker, his first instinct is to try and build on that goal tally that he's already got. So he's pro- and he's probably heard about yours and Jamie's bet as well. So he's probably thinking, I need to <laughs> need to help Jamie. So it's Jamie's fault, basically. It's Jamie's we'll bl- fault. We'll, we'll blame yep. Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> yep. but, but yeah, it's frustrating. Um, however, like I said, it's. it's it's, it, there could have been worse scenarios. It's not, we've still managed to get a point out of it. So if we just look at the positive side of it, that'd be good. But if we can maybe start running down the clock and doing the dark arts a bit more, I think that's one thing we don't do as a side is to play the dark arts more. I mean, if we were looking to close games out, especially later on in the season when we're fighting for the points for the top six and top two, we need to start developing a bit of an uglier side to us, doing the dirty things, to trying to waste time. We did time. get five bookings in the first half, pick. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's just, a, like, like I said, we didn't dispute it, but because um, they were all correct decisions. But on another day, maybe a referee probably wanted to give him five yellow cards for all that. Might let the game flow a bit more. But um, I think we can we're, develop a bit more of a nice dark card side. We're too nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, in hindsight, we are. Yeah, too nice. Bring out that uh, Chris Chris um, line from last season. <laughs> yeah. I feel another rant coming on. I can feel it. 
Oh, God. Um, we, we've got a comment from David Clarkson, uh, which I wanted to put to you guys because I think it's quite interesting. Uh, mm. And it's aimed at us, which is always even more interesting. Uh, he's put the panel wanted worn out a few weeks ago. Now we're world beaters. Sorry to break the news. We're not a good team. Now, I'll, I'll put my feelings first forward on that. I'd say I think we all wanted Warren to succeed. I don't think I'm alone in that. I was desperate for no, Warren no, to no. succeed. I'm pretty sure I said that multiple times in the episode. But the football wasn't great and we didn't look like we were ever going to be dangerous at the top of the league. Now, we've won five games in a row. We've beaten some decent teams in that run as well. Um, we're unlucky not to get six in a row. You know, 98th minute equaliser. They don't happen too often. Um I don't think we're world beaters. I think we're a really average team, but I think it's just a really weak league. And therefore, we're doing well to get up the league, even if we're not a great team. I mean, Cal, what's your thoughts? I mean, we when you look at the way we were playing at the time, um, if you're playing that sort of football that isn't um, attractive um, and isn't getting results, which it wasn't, um, you're going to have those feelings. Um, as a fan base, it just comes nature of the beast with football. Um, but as with everything, if he can turn it around, which he has, he's got us got um, getting um, positive results. We look like we're more attacking minded. Um, we look like we're more dangerous on breaks, etc. And it's quicker. Um, and because of that, it means that, and with positive results, it means that obviously the, the mindset changes. That is what it is. It's just what football is like. Um, and, I think as a, us as a, as a team massively want to get them on uh, and the team uh, and behind them. Um, it's just the, where it was at the time. I'm almost scared to come to you, Chris. I'm I'm scared <laughs> about what you're going to say. There's fear <laughs> in my eyes. Go on. What, what are you thinking? Well, what I would say to that comment is I would I, I would love to see. Well, I will. Act, I'm that sort of person. I'll, I'll go back to to that day when we had that episode, and we all wanted worn out. The amount of people on Twitter who also wanted worn out, and you know, unlike a lot of people, we've hold we've held our hands up and said we were wrong. Simple, sim. It's as simple as that. The football at the time yeah. was awful. We weren't getting results, um, and you know, saying that the panel wanted worn out. I think 99.9% of Derby fans after that after that Shrewsbury game were in the, the same boat. So just because we're obviously a bit more public in terms of what 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 we do with the podcast, stop beating us with the same stick. Um, and there's only one person, <laughs> and there's only one person to thank for um, that for that for that turnaround in form, and it is Vic Singh because he spoke to. <laughs> And the Derby players afterwards, he spoke to them, and suddenly we 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 go on a winning streak. So Vic, you are solely responsible. Well done, um, and yeah, leave us alone. Vic, you yeah. have my blessing, mate. <laughs> and yeah, I just want to say, like, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, David. Like, I, I, a lot of people have, you know, there's people that jump side to side. Maybe we do it sometimes as well. You know, everyone does it. Um, you react to new information. That's that's the way it is. Um, but at the same time, I think the feeling was so low. Like I, I can't remember feeling that low for a while. It's the lowest we've ever of been as Derby fans, isn't it? In in my thirty years, it's the lowest I've ever been. And we suffered the eleven points. We suffered being being relegated. And even then, I didn't feel as bad as the start of this season and those mm. those results. It's simple as that. You you but, you you go on emotion. Football's all about emotion, and we all felt exactly the same way. 
And unfortunately, who becomes the scapegoat? It is the manager. It is. Sorry, rant yeah. over. <laughs> I can say you're right, Chris. Got some, got some blood pressure tablets, mate. <laughs> okay, there we go. You're right, pal. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. What, what about you, Vic? What are your thoughts? Because you're always quite reasonable. I remember during the episode, like I know we said at the time, worn out, which was the general consensus among everyone, especially those that were at that Shrewsbury game. Um, we all said we wanted him to succeed. You were on the fence, maybe more than most, maybe mm. out of fear of being killed on social media. <laughs> and around. Um, exactly. what, what, what are your thoughts, mate? I think we have to remember football is very um, football and football fans are very fickle. I think we're quite reactive to a lot of things that goes on. If we've lost four or five in a row, we're going to be like, oh, let's get the manager out. Because that's the first thing everybody points their fingers to is the manager. Um, I was sitting on the fence because I thought maybe we could turn the corner. If we can turn the corner, we know historically poor warm teams sort of push on in the mid part of the season. Would the history repeat itself? Luckily for us, it sort of has. Um, like like the comments, we're no world beaters. We know that we probably are a very bang average side. But like you said, Jake, it's a weak league and it's it's probably given us the opportunity to really put ourselves in that top six and even push on to top two. We win on Thursday. Everyone's going to be jumping up and down because we're a point up second. Yep. And we've been putting the pressure on Peterborough and Oxford. Um, so again, football football's quite a fickle sport. We, there's no need to always be reactive. I think people got to remember that you're only going to react to the run of results. We were on a bad run of form. Everybody that was at the Shrewsbury game, it was just fans kicking off with players, it was fans kicking off with each other. That's how toxic it was. So it is what it is. I spoke to Paul Warren after that. I'm very proud to say it. Uh, yeah. And the players. And I just said to him, I said, look, I said, I know you're trying. I said, when it'll click, it'll click. It's clicked, doesn't it? Five wins and six. So I can't believe you're taking credit for that. Okay. Thank you, Vic. <laughs> why, Thank why, you. Not? why not? Why <laughs> not? I respect okay. it. I respect hey, it. Sorry, Jake. Can I just make one final point on that and then rant over? I promise. It, 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 it isn't. It isn't so much around. Even on, even on that five-game winning winning streak, I still, I still don't have the same excitement about watching Derby County. I just don't. And it's nothing to do with the league we're in. It's the style of football we're playing. And that is down to war. And I've just seen a comment there saying that he's still on borrowed time. I think he is. I think a couple more results like 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 Wickham yesterday, you're going to get the same people saying, oh, he has to go. So I think his style of football at a club like ours, where we expect a certain level of, of football, is very risky. And it has to be fantastic. We have We have to be winning. Or you're going to get people saying the manager needs needs to go, and it's that simple. I'm still not as excited about watching Derby County as I have been. Um, so, and I think that is down to the style of football we are playing. It's a simple. It's a sim. It's as simple as that. Ran ran over. Good goodbye wait, now. Wait, wait. Sorry. Just just to <laughs> add to that. Just to add to that. I've said it a few times on the pod. If we're rubbish for 89 minutes and we go and get a winner and we win 1-0 but play absolutely rubbish football and it gets us promoted, if exactly, <laughs> exactly. Fail. If it gets us promoted, if it gets us the three points and we go up as top two or top six, I am not bothered about the style of play. As no. long as we get out of this league, that's all that matters. We can worry about the championship when we get there. Let's just get out mm. of this league first. But yeah. I don't want to turn into I don't want to turn into Rotherham. 
<laughs> we have, oh, we yeah. have to be ready for championship football. At the moment, I am petrified. If we go up via playoffs or top, top two, I am petrified. I will not be petrified. I'll be quite pleased, actually, Chris. Of course we will. <laughs> we'll all be It'll be the best day of our lives. But I think the reality of us, of the team we've got playing championship football next season, if we get there, scares the hell out, out of me. Well, let's get there first. Let's get there first. I mean, it's been really let's interesting. I've, I've got the comments that all ping up next to me um, as, as we're doing this live. And there's been a really interesting discussion. There's people agreeing mm. with Chris. There's people disagreeing with Chris. There's people saying he's on borrowed time. People saying they're still worn out. And people saying they're worn in. So even though well, we've I'm, won five I'm games on borrowed time. <laughs> no, no, no not, war, you. not, not you. you. Chris. It's, not death, it's not death threat, Chris. You'll be fine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Sorry, pal. Um, but yeah, Chris, you're not on borrowed time. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, some some think he still is. And we've won six in a row. And there was a really good stat that I'm going to double steal that Dom had stolen from someone else on Radio Derby on Friday. He was saying this is Paul Warren's best ever start to a season. He's won three mm. promotions from this league. This is the best points total he's ever had after this many games. Now, the football's not been great to watch, but I, I felt the excitement again before that Wickham game. I felt it. It was there. The buzz was there. Yeah. I woke up. I woke up in the morning. I was like, I was I was buzzing. I was ready. Mm. And it was the first time. And when we scored, I've not celebrated a goal like that all season. Yes, the end was yeah. a bit grim. But that moment when Barkhazen put it in, you see the players. Did you see Tyrese Forder's celebrations? Yeah. He just running off, fist pumping in front of the crowd. And so it, it was brilliant. It was really good. And I think maybe the football isn't great, but the love is coming back a little bit. It is coming yeah. back a little bit. And I think if we can keep up this run of form, I mean, Jim Johnston's said he's going to put his head on the block and say we won't lose our next six. I hope you're right, Jim. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not sure I uh, I share the same uh, confidence Optimism, as you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we'll be in a good place. We'll be in a good place. And right, we should probably look forward to the next few. So, We'll just say now, this is probably our, our last live episode until after Christmas. I think we've, we've got one in the pipeline to do between Christmas and New Year. Um, so we've, we'll have previews for every single game still coming out. Um, everyone's pre-recording those at the minute. Uh, the production line's working hard <laughs> to make sure you've got something to listen to uh, instead of having to listen to your families over Christmas. Because who, who wants that uh, when mm. you've got us instead? Um, and we've got a Christmas special that will be coming out on Thursday, I think, in the morning. So, yeah, we've got lots to listen to. But this will be our last one before the games against Lincoln, Wigan and Oxford. So we've got three games in that period. I mean, Wigan beat us at home. Um, very annoying. Lincoln, I think, are very beatable at home that we've got on Thursday, kiss of death. And then we've got Oxford, which is obviously probably the toughest game this season. Um, really, really difficult game. They're in tremendous form at the minute, right up near the top of the league. So, Cal, uh, I'm not going to ask you for score predictions and goal scorers like a week and a half in the future because that's mental. Um, but I will ask you score predictions and how you think it'll go. <laughs> um, I'm going to go um, Lincoln Thursday night. I think a positive result will do the wonders. Um, I think for morale, you look at the table, then we're right in there and we play as we said, on our own, no one else is playing. If we can put up a positive result, it just means everything going into the weekend is going to be uh, very, very interesting. So I'm going to go a 2-0 win against Lincoln. Um, and then is it Wigan or then Oxford? It's, it's Wigan, Wigan first. I will then go a 1-0 win against Wigan. I think we'll 
turn the tables on that one. And then I'll go 1-1 against Oxford. Although they're in the dive, I think uh, that one will be Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't say that. that. I'm we just saying. That we said that about Wickham. We can't, <laughs> can't, can't jinx it again. Not again. Ignore that. Uh, if anyone's listening, pretend Callum didn't say that. Didn't say. What about you, Chris? What are you thinking, Paul? Uh, so I think I'm with everyone. I think we should be beating Lincoln at home fairly, fairly comf- fairly comfortably. I'm going to go for a two or three nil win. I know, I know, I know. Kiss, kiss of death. But you asked for you asked for the predictions. There you go. Um, I'm going to go for Wigan away. I think it will be a very scrappy game. I think we'll, we we will get get a point. Um, and I'm also going to go for a point against Oxford. Good choices, Vic. Uh, I think against Lincoln, uh, they're a decent football inside, so I think they'll come out and play against us, which will probably fall into our hands. We'll win 2-0. Uh, we'll go to Wigan. I think we'll get a 1-1 draw. It's always a tough place to go um, on Boxing Day. I think we've been there on Boxing Day a few times now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, Martin Waggle. Yeah, Martin mm. Waggle was the last one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'll go 1-1 draw there. And I think at Oxford, genuinely, I think we'll get, we'll get three points there. I think we'll get a 2-1 win over there. I think uh, it'll be scrappy, but I think we'll get an early two-goal lead and probably concede in the second half. How come <laughs> when I say we're going to beat Lincoln 2-0, everyone's going to head in that hand? You said when Rick says we'll beat Lincoln 2-0, <laughs> yeah, we're comfortable. You we're comfortable. walking away. Yeah. You can't you can't say comfortable, Chris. You can't yeah. say comfortable. Uh, so Jim sure and move on. <laughs> Jim Johnson. I think I am on time, you know. I think there's something you guys aren't actually telling me. <laughs> Jim Johnston says uh, we're going to beat Lincoln two one. We're going to win one nil against Wigan, and we're going to draw two all with Oxford. And also, this is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to yourself as well, Jim. Um, my guesses i think it's gonna be a really tight game really tight game against lincoln i think we'll win three nil um i think we'll play wigan away from home i think it's <laughs> chris just looking at me um i think we'll play wigan i think it'll be another difficult game they had our number last time but let's hope we've developed enough as a team to take them this time um not had the best of runs recently have they wigan um so hopefully we can take advantage of that and get ourselves a, a good one nil i think a few of us have said one nil now and Oxford's a tough one. I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to play it safe. I think it'll be a one-all draw. I think um, they're a good side. They are still a good side, even if they're not in the best of form at the minute. Uh, I'd, I'd take a point right now because that leaves us right up there and stops them uh, building on their playoff push. So, so this is to win more than I did, and I'm still the one. It's about the language, it. Chris. It's, about... <laughs> it's not the language. No positive language on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't be too confident, Chris. You can't be too confident. We've seen what happens. We've seen what happens. We can't jinx anything this year. We've got to be careful. Mm. We've got to be careful. It's Jamie's fault that we lost against Chef Wednesday because he put yeah, Dave's score, I think. Blame the, and then he got off after about four minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't we can't jinx anything. We can't jinx anything. But right, thank you so much um, to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone for for your comments as well. It's been great. Uh, this is the last one before Christmas. Uh, there will be a Christmas episode, but that will be pre-recorded because uh, there's no way we're doing that one live uh, that close to Christmas. But I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone who's listened all year. Really, really grateful. And everyone that's commented and got involved, all you contributors make a huge difference. And, and you're the reason we do this because, you know, we get to talk to you guys and you guys let us know what you think as well. Like, you know, David Clarkson's comment. Yeah, maybe all of us didn't agree with it, but it gets us talking. 
and it gets us all yeah, talking thanks, to David. each other. So it's 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 <laughs> Chris Cobb. <Carver>. It's um <laughs> it's uh it's really nice. It's lovely, and we've loved it. We've loved doing these YouTube lives. We've loved doing all this sort of stuff since you know over the course of the year. We were saying we said on the Christmas one start of the year we had like a hundred people listening maximum, and now we get thousands every single episode, which is mental considering we're all yep. idiots and sit in yep. our rooms on Zoom or BTEC Zoom every single day. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's, it's quality. And, and we're so glad to have you guys here. So for the last time before Christmas, uh, goodbye from me. Merry Christmas, everyone. Goodbye from me. Merry Christmas. Goodbye from myself. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless. And goodbye from me. Have a great Christmas, everyone. See you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.